0: Carol Gold.
1: Hi, it's Friday, April 15th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. Yesterday, I watched a TEDx talk of Elon Musk. He was being interviewed live in, I believe, Vancouver, Canada. And how could I not watch? It was the day after he had made a bid to buy Twitter. And even if he hadn't done that, I probably would have been interested because he's so fascinating. He's an incredibly fascinating figure to me. What I did not know until I watched the interview was that Elon Musk has Asperger's syndrome. Asperger's is a neurological developmental disorder that is often characterized by difficulties in social interaction and nonverbal communications. It also is indicative of restricted and repetitive behavior or patterns of behavior and interest. And I had a new understanding of Musk once I learned that he had Asperger's because I always wondered about his monotonal quality in communication and his eye contact issues and his seeming social awkwardness. Which, you know, for every deficit, there's, there's a benefit. And clearly, he is a genius of sorts. He's an entrepreneurial genius. He's a forethought kind of person. He's a visionary. I guess that's a better way to say it. As witnessed by SpaceX and everything else that he has done in his life. Interestingly enough, he said some things that I found thought-provoking and at the same time explained a whole lot to me. And one of the things he said was that truth is of utmost importance to him, and he used the term pathologically important, meaning that he understands that he is compulsive and habitual about getting to the truth. The way that he explained it was that as a child, early on in his life, he began to be fascinated with physics, and he studied physics throughout his Youth and adult, young adulthood, and I guess he's probably still does. And the reason is he said that he finds physics to be the most definitive way to actually be able to show or prove truths in the universe. That there are few ways that you can prove truth, but that physics seems to be one of them. What I found so fascinating about that has a personal ring to it, and that is because my daughter always says that I'm not like most people, that truth is so important to me that it distinguishes me and it makes it hard for me in the world because I'm so fanatical about getting to the truth in every situation. And I was struck by, I'm not putting myself in Musk's class, I'm not a genius, I'm not a visionary, at least not that I'm aware of, although I am an intuitive I don't know where that fits in into the scheme of things, and I'm a darn good one, so I often know things I shouldn't know from a 3D, uh, five cents perspective, but perhaps that's another conversation. It struck home to me because upon his making the offer to buy Twitter, something else happened almost simultaneously, and that is the SEC and the Department of Justice have launched investigations into Tesla, They are looking for a way to bring him down. And the reason is, his decision to make an offer on Twitter, and these are his words, not mine, was predicated upon his belief that Twitter has become the town square and that an open platform in the town square is vital and necessary for free speech. I believe that those forces that want him not to buy Twitter that want to now investigate him and try to find ways probably to bring down him and or Tesla and maybe even SpaceX, I don't know, probably anything he has his hands in, is motivated by the fact that we don't have truth from these three-letter agencies. We don't have truth from government. We don't have truth from Twitter. We don't have truth from the fact-checkers. We don't have truth from the politicians. And we don't have truth from the media. And we don't have truth from the healthcare community. So I resonate with his passion for truth because I think that truth is a pillar, a necessary pillar of a well-functioning, freedom-based society and that without it we're doomed in so many ways what i also thought about in listening to him was his choice of naming tesla what he did if you know anything about the history of Nikola tesla and if you don't let me share at least this much tesla and edison were competitors Edison had developed DC, direct current, but Tesla had developed AC, alternating current. Batteries. Tesla was associated and affiliated and backed by Westinghouse. And Edison was affiliated and associated and backed by GE. And GE was a political player. They were very tied to the government. Westinghouse, not so much. And that's why today, you know GE... And it's still thriving, much more so than Westinghouse. And that's why Edison became a name that was taught in schools and that every generation of children knew. Thomas Edison, of course, the great inventor. Tesla had, I believe, 142 or so patents in his own name. He was a genius. He was ahead of his time. He actually said and tried to prove, and on a small scale did, that energy is free. Electricity is free. That which we need to fuel, machines, and everything that needs power in our lives is free. It's in the air. All we have to do is learn how to extract it. And the danger in that truth is that what happens to power companies? What happens to fuel? What happens to all of the money-making entities that we now have to rely upon to provide us with fuel and energy. What if it's all free and it's all in the air and all we have to do is learn how to extract it? I think that was Tesla's life mission. He actually performed an experiment in which he showed this to be true. And I'm sure that that's what did him in. The same way that people who get too close to the truth whether it's the truth of political corruption or whether it's the truth of manipulation or whether it's the truth of control of the masses, people who get too close to that tend to die. They tend to be found either because they committed suicide, and I use that in quotes, or they die mysteriously, or perhaps they're crucified, an apt analogy for Good Friday. People who get too close to explaining to us that everything we need to survive, everything we need to be our highest selves has been provided to us, for us as individuals, and that it is not for the select few to take control of those means of whether it's production or the means of supplying energy or just the means of existence the basic means of existence it is not for the select few to retain control of those and to enslave the many and yet that has been the story throughout human history and so when people like elon musk comes along and says things like and i quote him instead of looking at the bad or the worst possible outcomes for humanity to get up each day and focus on what is exciting and possible and to, quote, expand the scope and scale of consciousness so that we can better understand the universe, end quote. It's a heavy statement, right? It's on a very deep level. But what he's really all about is providing the most freedom for the most people. He said when asked if he had the funds to basically come through with the cash that he offered for Twitter, He sort of hesitated for a moment and he said, "Uh, yeah, I have assets, I, I, I can do that, but it wasn't an economic decision. And he meant that he didn't care at all about what he was spending or what the price was. He cared that he sees what's happening with Twitter. He sees what's happening in social media. He sees both the censorship and the cancel culture that has become part of all of social media, that has become part of our culture in general. He sees it as dangerous. He sees it as a threat to free speech. And again, he understands the essential need of free speech as a pillar for a society that is inclusive of the many. I was reading this morning, I forget which company it was, but I was reading a statement, like sort of a mission statement by some large corporation. And it was talking about this whole concept of diversity, inclusion, and equity. I'm not sure those are the three right words, but I just thought of that. Diversity, inclusion, and equity. D-I-E are the first three letters. I'm big on looking at words and letters and rearranging them and seeing what meaning lies in them, those three letters, diversity, D, inclusion, I, and equity, E, spelled die. And I think that's what will happen to capitalism. It will die if we follow this trajectory of diversity, inclusion, and equity. And here's why. When I was reading about equity, I thought it is in fact the antithesis of the antithesis of what the United States was founded upon. Because equity is an equal outcome for everyone. And equality is an equal opportunity for everyone. So equality happens on the front end, and equity happens on the back end. On the front end, if you give everyone equality, everyone equal opportunity then based on what they bring to whatever it is they're doing, they will rise or fall based on merit. Because if the opportunity is the same to everyone, then it comes down to individual input. On the back end, if you guarantee everyone equity, if you guarantee that the outcome will be the same for everyone, then what you're basically saying is, engage in socialism, engage in communism, except for the elite who run both and do well and have the wealth and everyone else is subservient, but everyone else has an equal outcome. Everyone has equity in the end. Yes, the equity is that you're all enslaved and the equity is that you own nothing and the equity is that you are subject to the state, but it's equity, it's an equal outcome. That's not what Elon Musk is all about. In fact, he couldn't be where he is today without it having happened in a relatively free capitalistic society. You know, he told a story about when Tesla almost went bankrupt and he spent three years living in the factory, sleeping at night on the factory floor because And maybe part of it is his Asperger's and his compulsive behavior, habitual behavior, but that's not how he explained it. He explained it that if he hadn't done that, Tesla would have died. The company would have gone under. He spent three years literally living in the manufacturing plant and sleeping on the floor because he wanted his team to see that the struggle they were going through to make it all work, to understand every aspect of manufacturing that needed to be understood and modified and constantly adapted as they were figuring out how machines could build a machine, (laughs) which is in essence what the Tesla factory is. He wanted them to know that his investment, that his suffering was even greater than theirs because they went home at night and he didn't. That can only happen in a capitalist free country where outcomes are based on merit. And so if he's the richest man in the world, how many of us could say that we put in that kind of energy into anything we ever felt a commitment to or said we wanted? You know, tonight, obviously today is Good Friday, and tonight begins Passover, the Jewish holiday of the commemoration of the Exodus from Egypt. But there's another holiday in Judaism and it's Rosh Hashanah. It's the new year. It happens in the fall. And the theme of Rosh Hashanah is Teshuvah. The Hebrew word Teshuvah means literally to return. And that word is used in the concept of repentance, of returning to God through repentance. So I looked up repentance. And what I came up with as a definition was that it is sorrow or contrition for what one has done Or left undone and the left undone got me because for what one has done we all can understand a need to repent in a sense or seek forgiveness for wrongs that we've done we've all done things that we'd like to be forgiven for but the left undone struck me and I thought of Elon Musk I thought of him sleeping in that manufacturing plant for three years I thought about him coming up with, what, $40 billion, I think it was, to buy Twitter. He didn't care about the money. He cares about making the town square available for free speech. And I thought how if Elon Musk was faced with Teshuva, there would probably be very little in his life that he would need to seek repentance for, for having left undone. He doesn't seem like a man who leaves much undone to me. He follows his heart. He follows his passion. He doesn't follow the money. It's not Jerry Maguire, show me the money. It's the opposite. And he's probably living proof that when you follow your passion, the money follows. But when you follow the money, emptiness follows. He's going to Mars. (laughs) He's taking us to Mars. He's built SpaceX private space travel. This is not a man who leaves things undone. Shame on those who are trying to cancel him. Shame on those who want to investigate him and find something to bring him down. Aren't those the same agencies that have turned a blind eye to Hunter Biden? A useless, worthless human being who has been involved in corruption, sedition, Maybe treason. I don't even know what the words are. And possibly sex trafficking of minors. Shame on us for having our priorities so warped and so poorly organized that we seek to take down the giants and to elevate the smallest among us. But it's not new, you know. It's not new. This is Good Friday. I guess the positive message is this. Easter Sunday will come, and so will the going out from enslavement come. This is Good Friday, and this is what we say is Erev Pesach, which is the eve of Passover, which begins tonight at sundown. And I believe that in this next week, as we celebrate Good Friday, Easter Sunday, and Passover, we are imbued with a specific kind of energy if we only have the courage to open up our minds and our hearts and accept it. And that is this, we're given free will. We're given free will to choose our higher or our lower selves. Too many times in human history, we have succumbed to our lowest selves. But the story of Jesus and the story of Passover and the 40 years that followed in the desert, And the ultimate outcome of entering the promised land lets us know that the choice is still ours, that all possibility still exists, and all you and I need to do is get our priorities on straight and then have the courage to stand for what we know is the highest good for all concerned. I wish all of my Christian listeners a joyous Easter. And I wish all of my Jewish listeners Aziza Pesach. I'm Carol Gold. Thank you for listening. I'll be back here again on Monday. And until then, by all means, think for yourself.
0: Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.